Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Buying a home and selling a home shouldn't be stressful. Renters, homeowners, and investors in Southern Arizona work with the Win3 team, powered by EXP Realty, because they match buyers with sellers, like the eHarmony of real estate. Buying or selling, this is where you'll find what you're looking for. This is Home Solutions on KNST. It's the Win3 team, powered by EXP Realty. Now, Bob Zachmeyer. Just know you're not alone. I'm gonna make this place your home. Good morning and welcome to the show. I'm Bob Zachmeyer of EXP Realty and I'm joined in the studio by Jerry Sunt of Cross Country Mortgage. Morning, Bob. How are you? I'm good, Jerry, and we are watching this unfold and we called it a long time ago. But, um, you know, the market is definitely slowing down. We, we mentioned last week that, you know, there's houses that used to have bidding wars that are sitting. We saw on Mother's Day weekend, you know, there was virtually no activity. Brand new listings coming on the market, and there wasn't uh, anybody buying them. So I think after, what, two and a half years of just straight up, I think we're starting to really, really slow. Yeah. And Jerry, for you know, people applying for loans. So obviously nobody's running in to refinance now because the rates are 40% higher than they were in <laughs> January. Um, what's, you know, just percentage-wise in, in, in your business, what are you seeing out there, people applying for mortgages? So I, I chart things, you know, every week by like number of applications I take and then conversions of loans that go in the pipeline. And you've seen in the last two weeks that you know volume is clearly starting to uh to slow the number of people applying uh is people just aren't applying at the record numbers that they were 30 days ago and you know and, and you can always internalize that and say well am i doing something wrong is is everyone else busy so then i just call people at the different companies and around the country and you know, friends of mine, and I'm like, tell me how the numbers are. How are your numbers this week as compared to last week? Right. And the pattern's the same. So I think we are, uh, you know, what we're starting to see is just the market, the exuberance that has been in this market for two and a half years is starting to to settle down, right? You know, the, the air is coming out of the balloon. Now that doesn't mean prices are dropping in some sure. rapid place <clears throat> or anything like that. It's just, I think you're gonna become, you're gonna, you're, the market is, is going to become more balanced. Uh, you know, higher mortgage rates are starting to take a bite out of uh, affordability. And, you know, it, it, you also have to keep in mind that, you know, why May and June? Why did it take that long? If rates went up 60 days ago, 90 days ago, why now? Well, remember, when you buy a house, you lock in Six your interest weeks. rate yeah. 30 to 45 days before you close. Yep. So like the April closings were people that locked in in March and, you know, and, and so forth down the road. So you're really seeing the rates of being in the fives. This is where you're starting to feel the effect of that. So, you know, it's, I think it's, it's just, um, this doesn't mean the market's crashing. I think far from it. I think the market's going to stay very strong. I just think it's, uh, uh, it's, it's, the market is definitely just settling down. Sure. 
So here we are, you know, the first week of June. If I look back at the end of March, the first week of April, so basically two months ago, two months ago we had 999 total listed properties on mm -hmm. the MLS. So we had broke under 1,000 total. As of today, there's 1,428. Mm. So we are up 42.8% in inventory. Now, does that mean that, oh my God, the sky is falling in, here comes 2008? No. I mean, 990, 999 homes for 1,080,000 people is still like un unbelievable. 14, it's an unhealthy level. 1,428 I mean, is still a quarter of what we've carried for the last 20 years. We ran between 4,000 and 5,000 homes on the MLS. That's what could be deemed normal. Now, we should actually have more now because we have 12,000 people um, or 1,200 people a month, 14,000 people a year moving to Tucson. So one would think we need to carry more inventory, not a quarter of what it was 20 years ago. Yeah. No, no. I mean, we're still very undersupplied, but at least that, you know, that's a welcome number, I believe. It, it you know, is. No, and I, I'm actually very excited. A lot of people, oh my God, the sky is falling in. No, for you buyers out there, finally, you can actually write an offer on something and get it accepted. Um, for FHA buyers, I mean, hope is back on the horizon. You were dead in the water, you know, uh, two months ago mm -hmm. where nobody would even look at your offer. And, 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 you know, the only tool that agents had that represented FHA buyers was to offer a pie-in-the-sky price. That's the only way that you would get someone's attention. And, of course, then it would never appraise at that price. So it was just kind of a futile effort. But I, I guarantee you that buyer's agents are sighing a, a, a huge sigh of relief just because, finally, there's some inventory to sell to my clients. And, I mean, there's so many people that just gave up, and, and I believe they're still out there. But and especially with higher rents, I think you know that those buyers are going to come back into the market, and hopefully the Fed sees this standstill or not a standstill, but definitely a a, a massive change to what we had just two months ago, and they say, "Whoa, we went a little fast. Maybe we should retreat a little bit or something, and get that back into the fours." I think that would really stimulate the market. And I think that's what's going to happen. It's probably going to take 90 days to get there, but I think you're going to, uh, uh, so I think things are going to be somewhat, I think the real estate market's just going to be quiet is the, the white, is probably the best uh, term to describe it. And then the press is going to start starting to announce that, oh, prices have settled down. You know, they're not going up by leaps and downs. It's, and then if mortgage rates do drift down, which I believe will happen later this year, I think you're going to see people pouring back into the market again. And that it's, and, you know, you talk to different, um, I talk to lenders again, you know, friends of mine from all over the country, and some are, are, are concerned. It's like, this is a cycle. And when you have so much, when you, you've been going at 100 miles an hour for so long, it's got to settle down a little bit before we get into the next wave. And uh, um, I think you're, you're going to see that with, with, the, with values stabilizing, it will give buyers the opportunity to jump in the market and feel good about buying again. And, and if rates come down, you know, affordability hopefully will go up just a little bit. And I think that will uh, uh, you know, trigger a strong fourth quarter of, of 2022. No, I agree. And headlines are already happening. We just saw this one on June 1st. Are rising mortgage rates slowing house price appreciation? So um, First American Financial Corporation released on March the March 2022 um, 
what is it called? The First American Real House Price Index. And I believe I have this one up on the screen. Um, so the Real House Price Index measures the price changes of single-family properties throughout the U.S. adjusted for the impact of income and interest rate changes on consumer house buying power over time at national, state, and metropolitan area levels. Because this real house price index adjusts for house buying power, it also serves as a measure of housing affordability. Hmm. In, in March of 2022, that's two months ago, that's right, when I said we were still going gangbusters, and then the end of March, you know, we gained 40% of inventory here in, in Tucson. Um, in March, the real house price index increased 32.5% year over year, which is the fastest growth in more than 30-year history of the series. So the you know, that's just not sustainable, 32.5% year over year growth. And, and uh, the affordability is obviously when rates start going higher, affordability drops like a tank. So... This rapid annual decline in affordability was driven by two factors, a 21.6% annual increase in nominal house prices and over a full percentage point increase in the 30-year fixed rate mortgage over one year ago. And keep in mind, we're reporting March data. Right. And, and, and the um, interest rate in March was 404 Right, right, exactly. <laughs> and and uh, so, you know, this is a, kind of a dated, it just came out on, on June 1st, but, but already the data is, is, is stagnant because it's, it's two months ago and the market shifted since then. But yeah. the, the rates, I mean, so is this slowing appreciation? One would have to say yes. There's not the demand that there once was. And what, what causes home prices to go up? When 10 families want one house and they start fighting each other for it, it drives the prices higher. Yep. When, so we have already mentioned you know, all year long that the number of bidding wars, we're still seeing bidding wars on, on certain properties, especially lower priced properties. Mm -hmm. But like we sold one at 265 and, and that's a very low priced property in Tucson. There's less than 50 um, priced at that uh, price point. And we got three offers on it so multiple offers, but not one was over the asking price. Ah. So that is something very different from where it was a year ago. And then just the fact that, you know, I mentioned last week, we have a um, person we sold a home to last year who got fed up with the California politics and moved his business. He sells online and he, he moved his family here to get away from the crazy high taxes and everything. And now his father is, is moving here. Mm -hmm. And his father had a very expensive home. Um, almost $2 million. And the California agent just reassured me, oh, that's like 400000 to you Tucson people. <laughs> and and uh, don't worry, it'll sell on the first weekend. And you know, it took 45 days to get an offer. And as I mentioned last week, $600,000 price reduction off of a $2 million house to get it sold. So that is going to severely impact the number of buyers coming in buying our high-end properties here in Tucson. Sure. Speaking of which... Um, million dollar homes are at an all time high 155 million dollar homes in the MLS that represents 12.9% of all the homes listed for sale Wow! and when we drop down to 400,000 um, there's now 423 total houses in Pima County on the MLS under 
$423,423. Again, we have a population base of 1,080,000. So this, you know, the low-end houses, I, I cannot see a, any kind of price reduction or any kind of, you know, problem with, with, uh, with the prices falling. On the high end, when you have 155, a week ago it was 150. Um, on the first week of May, it was 140. On the 15th of April, it was 120. On the end of March, it was 111. So we have gained $44 million houses just in two months. Yeah. And that's, that's like a 33% increase in inventory. So, you know, I think one thing, we can talk more about this after the break, but it's, is, you know, we, we always say it's a great time to buy, right? Yeah. And, and I think it's fair to say that the last few months, it's, it's a, well, maybe it's not. Maybe it's better to wait. I think it is going, I think we are going to see a time in the very near future where um, it is going to be a great time to buy. Uh, you know, I always talk to buyers, um, you know, if they're, they're worried about buying, why are you worried? You know, if you're buying for the long term, I longer than three years, five years, sure. you don't have to worry so much because I don't know any economist that predicts any that, that values are going to drop at a massive level. So houses should appreciate at a at, you know at a more sustainable rate over the next few years and we can talk about this more after the break all right this is tucson home solutions on knst i'm bob zackmeyer i'll be back with jerry sunt of cross country mortgage good morning and welcome back i'm bob zackmeyer of exp realty and i'm joined in the studio as we have for 10 years now um, with jerry sunt of cross country mortgage and jerry is your go-to guy if you want to have somebody with their thumb on the pulse and know and what's happening in this market and seeing changes and ways to adapt to it. And, you know, when we had all the bidding wars and, you know, Jerry went to work for his customers and said, let's find a way to help our clients win. Mm -hmm. And and so he guaranteed with his own dollars that I will close on, on this time, squeeze the timeline from six weeks, which most people write an offer down to two weeks and even shorter than that sometimes. And then any day that he was late from what he committed on, if he was late, uh, he put up uh, how much a day? 300 bucks a day. 300 bucks a day. So, I mean, that gave sellers um, confidence that, hey, this is a lender that puts his money where his mouth is, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Jerry, what's happening with the rates? We talked a little bit that maybe by the end of the year we might see a little bit of relief on the rates, but any change this past week? No, you know, rates were lower last week, and then uh, this week happened, and, and the worry about inflation, because, you know, China kind of came out of slumber, of uh, the COVID slumber, and so I, the worry is with um, is with with now with Shanghai, going back into full full speed is the consumption of fuels going to be you know is that going to put more strain on the cost of fuels and then also with uh you know the embargo that is taking place with with russian uh you know russian gas uh, or russian oil they uh um that that's going to put a pressure on pricing for 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 uh for gas and so all of that is the concern that you're seeing out there, and that's um, making inflationary pressures higher for the moment. Uh, but again, I don't think it's long-lived. I think we're going to see things settle into a channel here, um, uh, you know, and that I think we'll see rates kind of drift down in the next few weeks. But they are basically where they were two weeks ago. Gotcha. And, and so rates are sitting in the, you know, mid to, to yeah, low to mid fives. Uh, 15 year fixes, high fours, and <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> and VA and FHA are um, 
are sitting in the high fours. I will say the interesting uh, uh, paradigm about this is that jumbo interest rates are almost a full point below wow. where conforming loans are. It used to be the opposite. Uh, exactly. It is the craziest thing. Now, it's not a full point, but it's like three quarters of a percent of 1% lower to do a jumbo mortgage. And that is because, you know, those are loans that are sitting on, you know, different banks' balance sheets, like a Chase, Wells Fargo, et cetera. And they have to have a certain amount of their their portfolio has to be done in mortgages, and uh, but there's there seems to be this this fighting for jumbo loans for quality jumbo loans, which is causing interest rates to drop. There is that because the the equity that the homeowners have is is a much higher percentage equity than someone like a first time homebuyer coming in with three or five percent down compared to like a jumbo that maybe somebody's putting down. 30 or 40 percent or is it just they want less you know one person to monitor for instead of five for the same amount of money or what? I, I don't know the answer to that but i do know that i locked in someone earlier this week at four and a half percent on a jumbo mortgage and wow. i was i was almost stunned like i should i lock this uh um this, wow. this maybe doesn't look right it was so good wow. but that just shows the aggressiveness that's in the jumbo market and then let's talk about the arms. You you brought this up last week that arms are a good deal again. I, I uh, um, it, it, for the last couple of weeks, you know, and as an alternative to a thirty-year fixed mortgage, an arm is a great product. And you know, for so long, if I ever talked about arms, people thought I would had horns growing out of my head that I was a <laughs> demon, because it's like no the arms are bad um, and it's like no that was arms from 2008 that was subprime it was that small right. segment of the marketplace that ended up having a, a huge impact and causing yeah, 50 the domino per, 50% of those loans failed because they were liars loans and they were doing zero down and you tell us how much you make and well, they also exploded. They were at a rate of, you know, let's say, I don't know, five or six percent. But then they exploded to 18 percent after right. three years, meaning and they wanted people to refinance them, you know, every couple of years. Well, that is not a Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac arm. That, right. uh, Fannie Freddie arm is very different. Always has been. And those arms are a great product. And for people that aren't going to be in their house forever, it's a great alternative. And for when, when rates have, have creeped up as much as they have this, this uh, over the last three months, it's worthwhile to look at an arm if someone's not planning on staying there forever. Sure. An arm, for people not familiar with the terminology, that's adjustable rate mortgage. So let's talk about the... If it's a seven-year arm, is that initial rate locked for seven years? Yes. And then what's the most it can go up after that? Because the loan isn't called due in seven years. That's just the rate was locked for seven. It's a 30-year loan. It's correct? amortized over 30 years. Yeah. It just, after your seventh year, the rate goes to market. And what I mean by market, so it goes to the free market, but it just every six months. And it's based on a margin. It's based on an index and a margin. So let's say the index is the LIBOR index. And there's a LIBOR index and a treasury index. And then the margin is a couple points above that. But there is a ceiling of how high your rate could go. And there's also a floor of how how rate how, how low, low you go. go, and that's the thing is that well wait a second you're worried about well what if inflation goes rampant, your rate can never go above let's say nine percent, sure 
Now, yes, that is a high rate, but that's if your rate goes to 9%, that means 30-year fixed mortgages are probably 10 to 15%. So if you would have gotten an arm in January, what would have been the cap then? Oh, I'd ha- I don't I don't know. I mean, because if it's five now and it can go to nine, that's a four point cap. I mean, if it was three in January and the most you could go is oh, seven. Oh, it would probably be about seven, seven yeah. or eight, right? I mean, right. that would be a smoking good deal because I mean, <laughs> well, hindsight's always twenty twenty. <laughs> exactly. And, and but I I think arms are becoming more of a um, they're more, becoming more prevalent. Uh, they were for the last few years. It's been one percent of all mortgages originated were arms, wow. and now it's up to I think close to fifteen percent. So it's clearly becoming more of a segment that that originators are discussing with their clients um and again i I have to go back to the bad arm products of 2008 and before don't exist it's they're not a thing out there right these are fannie mae freddie mac arms and a very different product and a very again i think it's great for uh for people that aren't going to be in their house forever and, you know, a lot of people, they think they're buying their forever home. I mean, when we first got married and moved to Arizona, we bought a home in Oro Valley and it had a pool and had these awesome east-facing mountain views. And we were like, we're here forever. And that lasted four years. And we found that, you know, working at Raytheon wasn't what the same as working at Texas Instruments. And I quit my job. And, and I found, you know, I've been a real estate investor since 1982, but all of the places I invested were around the University of Arizona. And every time I went to get a tool, I mean, I had to drive all the way up to Oro Valley. And, and so I said, I got to get closer to town. And, and we ended up selling that house after four years. And, and we profited from it. But then when we bought our home, we, we got an arm. And, and I was at guaranteed savings. I t- talked about this last week, but I was guaranteed to save $500 <clears throat> a month, every month, 500 bucks mm-hmm. locked in for five years. That's 60 payments, right? So I'm guaranteed $30,000 in my pocket by getting this loan. And it's just rolling the dice like what's going to happen in seven years. Will the rates be higher or lower when I go to refi? Or they can start raising my, my rate. Well, who knew that the Great Recession was going to come? And the rates kept going lower and lower and lower. I mean, I was in the twos in 2012. And before twos ever we're, were possible. Prevalent. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, an arm is, can I'm a huge proponent of the arm. And when they finally got to a point where it made sense, where, where it was going to actually go um, higher than 3%, then I, I went ahead and refinanced with you. And it, it, I had my arm 15 years. And when I refied, I just got a 15-year loan. So I'm still on the same 30-year cycle that I would have had, except that 30-year loan you gave me was amazing, two and a quarter yeah. um, percent. And and um, this is the interesting thing. When you have a, a loan at, at those low interest rates, if you were fortunate enough to listen to this show and, and, and follow Jerry's advice uh, like I did, um, oh my gosh, the, the very first payment, three quarters of the payment went to principal. Yes, yeah. Three quarters of the very first payment going to principal. It's like, how is this even possible? Because most of the time you get a loan, it's like, yeah, you're lucky if $100 goes to principal and the rest is all interest and it takes decades to get to where you're actually paying more money toward principal than interest. And those low rates were something that, um, again, I said it for a couple of years, Someday in our rocking chairs, we're going to be talking about the good old days, and it's going to be those 2% interest rates in 2020 and 2021. No, that's right. And I also want to to let people know, to clarify that, let's say you have a seven-year arm. 
you don't have to keep the loan for seven years. You don't have to keep it for seven weeks. You can refinance it at any time if rates were to take a dip and you want to go into a 30-year fixed mortgage or you know, if you think you're going to stay in the house for, uh, for, for a longer period of time. But it's just, it's something to think about as compared to, so everyone should know when they're looking to buy a house or refinance, here, what are my options? And everyone should just know all the options and that's just one of the options. Sure. And I mean, if you have just gotten married and you think you're going to start a family in the next few years, more than likely you're going to be moving in the next less than seven years. And it makes sense to get a lower interest rate now. You know, when you have lower interest, more of your payments going toward, uh, you know, first of all, your payments lower and, and, and your your principal actually is staying the same. Mm-hmm. And, and But you have a lower payment. You have more to save toward your next house or for for your, you know, your baby or whatever you have planned. So um, anyway, one thing real quick, we got about a minute to go before the break. I wanted to um, f- finalize this article about the, is the uh, um, slowing house price appreciation um, caused by rising mortgage rates. House price appreciation needs to slow. You wanna know what the fastest state in the United States was year over year, March? 2022, looking back one year to 2021? Phoenix. No, no, it was actually Florida as a state. Oh, okay. 46.7% price increase. Wow. South Carolina, 46.1. Georgia, 40.5. Arizona, number four, 39.7. Year over year, one year price increase. And Idaho brought up the back, 37.7. Those are staggering in, in, numbers. In the, in the fifth place. But that is not normal. That is not sustainable. So we need this, what's happening right now. We'll be right back after the break. This is Tucson Home Solutions on KNST. Good morning and welcome back. I'm Bob Zachmeyer of eXp Realty. I'm joined in the studio by Jerry Sunt of Cross Country Mortgage. And Jerry, we always get talking and uh, all these market changes and forget to give out our phone numbers. So what is the best way to contact you if someone is thinking of buying or or selling or refinancing or or buying out of state maybe. Absolutely. So my phone number is 520-370-9576. So, and um, I'm Bob Zachmeyer, eXp Realty, and you can reach me 520-314-SOLD. And Jerry, speaking of out of state, how many states can you do mortgages in? Well, I'm about to be licensed in Nevada pretty soon, so I think that's going to put me at close to 20. So it's uh, uh but licensed, you know, Washington, Oregon, uh, California. California, of course, Arizona, Colorado, Texas, uh, Minnesota, Minnesota, uh, and Michigan, um, Wisconsin, uh, Florida. The list goes on. Illinois. There's there's a bunch of them. So I mean, here's a, a local guy, and and the thing is, Jerry Jerry's team is all local. And, and he has everything in-house. So his overhead compared to other um, big teams, I mean, and, and you're ranked in like the top 20 producing loan officers. Top in, 25, in, yeah, but yeah. Top 25, okay, in the United States, right? And, and um, keep in mind that most of these people have dozens of, of loan officers working under them. And on your team, how many loan officers? Uh, I have two. Yeah. Reed, Reed and I. You and Reed. And and anybody that's gone through Jerry, I mean, you've talked to Reed Jackson. He's just an awesome individual and uh, really has a, 
his, uh, his own take on the market, a thumb on the pulse of, of what's going on out there as well. And he's an avid investor as well. So, you know, if uh, that's what I really like about um, if you're an investor and you call up just somebody on a, you know, on a, on a, a commercial or a, or a billboard or something, and, and they don't know anything about being a landlord or being an investor and what you're looking for. And, and it's the same frustration I had. That's actually why I became a real estate agent was I would call and I'd say, I want the rent rolls. I want to see the last two years tax returns so I can see the real expenses. Because a lot of people, when they list rental properties on the MLS, there's, there's no information. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this property magically has no property tax. And what property in Tucson has no property tax? Uh, there isn't any. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, I don't know if it's uh, just not knowing or not wanting to look it up, or it's so easy to, uh, to get all that information. So I was just so frustrated of finding someone that could help me calculate the rate of return I was going to make and, on this, um, that I actually went and got my own real estate license, and, and I started teaching a class at Pima College on how to become a landlord. And I taught that class for 10 years. I had over 1,200 people in Tucson take that class from me. And, you know, still today, Jerry, those, a lot of those people are private money lenders that I've, you know, personally borrowed from. I've, but they're always like, Bob, do you have anybody need any money? And, you know, put it Well, to they're work. landlords and they're private money lenders. Right. right. And, and so what's really interesting now as we progress through this, I mean, I got my real estate license in 2000, and here we are in 2022. And a lot of the people I first sold homes to, I'm now selling them to their children. Right. Um, and, and, um, and a lot of the landlords that I sold properties to are now saying, Bob, I want to retire and I don't want 22 doors anymore. And can you help me get mailbox money? And, and, and it's like, what could you invest in in the stock market right now that you feel comfortable taking your lifelong savings of all these rental properties that you've paid off over time? And it's like, well, why don't you invest in your own property? And instead of being the owner of it, owning the property, why don't you just own the paper on the property? So you own the loan. You're recorded in first place position. Now for the first time in your life, if somebody falls on that property and is injured, they would sue the person that owns it, which no longer is you. You are the lender on the property right. instead of the owner of the property. Right. So guess what? Your loan is recorded in position as first to be paid. And now if somebody slips and falls and is injured and they get a, an attorney and that attorney wins a judgment against the poor property owner, um, that judgment gets placed in second place behind the loan. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's on, you know, all recorded at the county recorder's office and it's basically a big library stamp of you know, what time, what came in first and who gets, who gets paid first. And it's, you know, a lot of people think if there's two people owed that you split the proceeds of a sale. No, the first person gets all of their money, all of their interest and principal before the second person gets anything. So this is one of the biggest reasons, and especially in today's litigious society, and I mean, it just seems to get worse every year of, of you know, makers and takers, the miss, you know, the, the imbalance of, of people that are looking for something for nothing. And I'm just so glad that I, I actually sold out my, my last rental property, didn't have any issues with COVID, people not paying me, newscasters on the news telling people not to pay their mortgage payment, um, you know, it's just, or not to pay their, their landlord. This is the person that basically saved their money 
and you know basically put down on a house to give you a place to live and let's go not pay them and take food off of their table um you know it, this is the just crazy so it's a really good time to shift gears and get out of the rental business as i said for the last several months i believe rents are about to go sideways just because they've come up so fast that people don't have the money to pay more nope that's right and yeah, it, just like housing prices, it's going to go sideways. Right. Same same thing. Yep, I, I agree. So, you know, the, one of the biggest reasons for holding rental property is over time, someone else pays it off. Well, guess what? Now the the values, I believe, will still see appreciation, just not double-digit appreciation, which is highly unnormal. Mm-hmm. And, and four years of it, back to back to back, uh, double-digit, not only double-digit, which, you know, barely breaks 10, but... Phoenix this last year, year over year, March was 42% home price wow. increase. Um, it's just crazy. So that cannot continue. So the whole reason for owning the property, you have all this equity that over time you've paid off on the loan plus the value of the home went up. What could that money do for you in somewhere else? Right now it's tied to rent, which is going to be flatline property tax insurance is going to continue to go up every year and the cost of goods and repairs to to maintain the property put a new roof on it probably going to go up probably going to go up but your income is is flatline and every year you're paying off more and more on the loan and so you have more and more equity tied up in that property Um, so that's something that just really i've sat down with um, hundreds of, of Tucson investors and here's our portfolio and this is what we have and okay well how much is this rent for that rents for 1100 and and uh, why would I why would I do a note and only get 900 and it's like well let's talk about the 1100 you know the 1100 in rent you got property tax you have insurance you have maintenance you have repairs you have vacancy you have management Let's look at what you're really getting on that 1100. I think it's probably around 600, not 1100. Sure. So now this this note just owning the the paper and traveling the world and just getting a check in the mailbox once a month without ever a tenant or a toilet or a broken air conditioner or a leaky roof or anything you make more money doing it. So um, um and we'll talk about the inflation part too and we meet with you individually if anybody's worried about that. So the Mortgage rates are definitely um, slowing down. Uh, rates are going higher, but the increases have slowed and kind of going sideways again. That's good. So the um, home price appreciation, I think people are just in shock right now just because in four months, the mortgage payment, the interest went up 40% in four months. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I think it'll just take a little time to digest. And if they drop down a little bit, and it was, we'll start to see people, hey, it's, it's back in the fours, and we can go do something. Hopefully that will happen. So what about home sellers dropping prices? Price reductions is a good indication of is the market slowing or not. And, you know, that's not a, a question that can be answered with one word. I mean, is, is, how's the market? That's probably the most you know, common question I'm asked. Well, that depends. Are you a buyer or are you a seller? Are you a high-priced property or a low-priced property? Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. you're a buyer of a low-priced property, the market's horrible for you because there's this huge demand and no supply. Um, on Homes under um, 200, we actually had a pretty good number right now, 10. We have a surge. Yeah, <laughs> a surge. <laughs> yeah, it surged up another one. 
and we have 35 homes under 250,000. Um, speaking of which, I just listed one, 2457 North Ritchie, which is right midtown, 250,000, two bedroom, one bath, got a, a, a work shed in the backyard, a workshop in the carport, covered parking, um, nice paved road. And a lot of the properties under 250 are not central and they're out in the outskirts on dirt roads. So uh, check it out, 2457 North Ritchie, R-I-C-H-E-Y. Um, and that's here in Tucson, right? Very close to Alvernon and between, um, just barely north of Grant. It's mm-hmm. so like one block north of Grant. So how many sellers are dropping their price? The housing market is displaying more signals that the pandemic-driven housing frenzy is coming to an end as nearly one in five home sellers dropped their price during the four-week period ending May 22nd, the highest level since October of 2019. Mm. So um, that's still not a lot, you know, one in five, 20%, um, but still that's significant compared to what it was. The picture of a softening housing market is becoming more clear, especially to home sellers who are increasingly turning to price drops as buyers become more cost conscious under higher mortgage rates. For now, mortgage rates have stabilized and I expect prices to do the same. This will remove some uncertainty for buyers. That means that as long as a home is priced conservatively, it still has a good chance of selling quickly. Mm-hmm. That is from Daryl Fairweather, who's the chief economist of Redfin. I actually have seen him speak at multiple conferences. He's a very knowledgeable guy. So uh, Jerry, we're coming up on a break. And when we come back, I want to talk about the pandemic when when uh, all the major cities were having people leave and go to the rural areas and what's happening now. Are, are those cities recovering or are the suburbs there to stay? So um, that and more when we come back. This is Tucson Home Solution on KNST. I'm Bob Zachmeyer of EXP Realty. I'll be back with Jerry Sunt of Cross Country Mortgage. Thanks for listening. Good morning and welcome back. I'm Bob Zachmeyer of EXP Realty and I'm in the studio with Jerry Sunt of Cross Country Mortgage. And Jerry, I wanted to share a property. There's actually a couple of properties. If you need a large space, there's one southwest Tucson off of Ajo Road that is a manufactured home. The lady has owned it for over a decade and Mm -hmm. and it's a four bedroom, over 2,000 square feet, huge yard, side gate, so if you're a contractor and you want to store your equipment off street and you know away from uh, people in apartment complexes that could break in and steal all of your stuff, that would be an amazing property for you. Um, you can reach me, Bob Zachmeyer, 520-314-SOLD to find out more about that. And then the other one is a five-bedroom, four-bathroom, 3,600-square-foot home, 34056 South Ranch Road up in Red Rock, Arizona. And this has solar panels, three-car garage, a workshop in the backyard, lightly lived in by a couple not very much younger than I am. And they're actually selling and going to be moving out to Lake Havasu when they retire, which won't be for three years. So if there's an investor out there listening, this is an option that just occurred to me is these folks would probably rent the house back. Ah. But, and, uh, but they just want to secure something for their retirement out in Lake Havasu. So you can, again, reach me, 520 
314 sold, and I'd love to talk to you about that. So, Jerry, before the break, I talked about this article, Pandemic Ripple Creates Better Market for Urban Properties. So during COVID, people were leaving Chicago and New York and Los Angeles in droves just because of the high density of people per square mile. You had a much less chance of being infected. And one of the best stores throughout COVID was Tractor Supply. They actually saw a surge in business because it was in a rural setting and people were buying stable mats for horses to use for yoga, you know, home gym and and homeschool and and all, all kinds of things. So that was a doc that really did well during COVID was tractor supply. So in many ways, the COVID-19 pandemic largely behind us, even so ripples from early on in the pandemic are still affecting the market today. According to a new report from Zillow, for the first time over a decade, it is easier to buy a home in the city versus a suburb. A key factor behind this is the massive appreciation of suburban homes which is indicative of a stronger demand and fiercer competition for this type of housing. Zillow says that even though competition for properties of all types is strong in most of the country, there are still opportunities to be found. The study found that suburban zip codes saw home values rise faster than zip codes in the urban areas. The typical home in suburbs gained $66,490 in the last year. Wow. 66490 compared to 61671 so suburb home went up five thousand dollars more than an inner city home so jerry on a mortgage even at five percent interest rate five thousand dollars what does that do for not, the not a big big number yeah <laughs> it's not it's a 25 bucks on on the payment but yeah 25 bucks that's exactly right so this atypical move is a 180 degree turn for the norms seen during the first 15 months of the pandemic from 2013 to 2021, urban homes were generally gaining value more quickly because the millennials were actually moving closer to town where they didn't need to have cars. Everything was walkable and actually everything had a walk score. When you looked it up, what's the walkability of this property? Can I get to restaurants? Can I get to employment centers without having to drive a car? And then that just all went out the window during COVID. So it's good that it's back. I mean, people are actually moving back, but the prices in the suburbs are up $5,000 higher than the prices in the urban areas. Mm-hmm. So um, is that what you expected? Yeah, I had thought that with the easing of you know, restrictions with the, the pandemic, that, that you would see homes in, in urban areas would actually start to, to increase at a faster percentage pace than, than the suburbs. Because I think people are going to be rushing back to the cities. I do. You know, this week uh, there was an article that came back, for example, for Tesla, where the CEO had uh, was making it basically mandatory for everyone to come back to work. I think you're going to see more and more of that. And if people are being forced back to work and, and are not going to be working remotely, then you know, you're going to see prices on for, for homes in the city you know, start to pop back up. Right. We'll see if that trend continues. That seems to be a tug of war. Um, Elon Musk is always kind of an outlier. So he, uh, uh, we'll see if he, he uh, sticks to his guns there. But, um, you know, there's been so many companies like Apple and, and others, even, you know, Goldman Sachs, some of the others, which said, no, we want everyone back by this date. And they would push back another six months, another six months. We'll see what happens with that. And then there's nationwide insurance, which said, you know what? We're selling our building. We just learned a new trick. We don't need a building. We don't need all this overhead. We'll be more profitable by having everybody work from home. Just in, exactly. So, well, you know, that's going to be another year or two before I think we kind of get some, see some trends that we can, you know, count on. But uh, interesting stuff to, to read about. 
So, Jerry, in, in 2019, I flew around the United States. I, I put on 127,000 miles on American Airlines. Wow. That's a lot of miles. It's a lot of flying. I was a, you know executive platinum. I flew um, 63 legs, I believe. And, and when you're at that level of, of air travel, I mean... Basically, if there's ever availability in first class, they just give it to you. Mm-hmm. So of all those flights, I mean, I, I believe there were four flights that I wasn't in first class. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of fun. And and Camille all of a sudden liked to travel with me. <laughs> I don't know why. But she hears me talk about real estate all day long. And, and uh, you know, she likes to take vacations where we don't talk about real estate. But I was speaking at conferences pretty much two times a month and, and getting out. And you know, this is where you learn and, and you see that this market's this is happening. How does that compare to Tucson? And you know, I've missed that for the last couple of years. And I just two weeks ago was out speaking at a conference that hasn't been held for two years. And I'd spoken at it since 2015. So that was good. The first live conference other than mine that I hold every year here in, in Tucson in October, which by the way will be 14th and 15th of October on your calendar. And that is my Make-A-Wish conference. I donate 100% of all proceeds to Make-A-Wish. This will be the 14th year that we've done that. And it's just especially in a changing market, if you're an investor, if you're even a homeowner, do I sell now? Do I downsize? You know, there's all kinds of things. Or what do I do with my money now that the stock market's down 15, 20% and inflation is raging severely into the double digits, whether they say so or not. I'm sure everyone is feeling it, especially the people on a fixed budget. Oh, Uh, for sure. So lots of, of good information there, but the reason I bring all this up is I've actually been invited. The the live speaking deals are on again. So I will be um, out in Arkansas, Tennessee, Kentucky, Alabama, and Texas speaking over the next six weeks. And, wow. and so it's interesting. I get to go kind of find out what's going on in some of these markets. And I actually changed when I, I, I did during COVID go out and do a presentation in Fort Smith, Arkansas at an investor club and then another one in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I ended up, you know, getting people that joined my, my mentoring group. I have people in 26 states that I teach how to do seller financing and, and private financing on, on loans. But, you know, those markets are gold mines. I mean, you can still buy three-bedroom homes under $90,000. Wow. And, wow. and that rent for 1100 So, you know, why, if you're a landlord listening to this, tell me what a three-bedroom home here rents for, 16 but what do you pay for it? Right. You're, you're hard, hard to find one under 300 I can buy the same product that rents for 1100 just yeah, 500 get three short, of them for the same and price. I get three of them for the same price. So, you know, and I will come back loaded with, with, um, with more information about these different markets and what the opportunities are. And this is something about me. I don't just go invest in markets where I don't know people. I only invest in markets where I have a friend that is in that market, lives in that market, and is invested in the deal with me. So that way, if something goes south, they're there and they, they are incentivized to, to invest with me. And so some of the best deals that I have are not notes in Tucson anymore. They're actually in other markets in, in the United States. I'm trying to avoid the snow markets. I grew up in North Dakota. I know what freezing pipes can do to a house. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to avoid those markets and actually stay in the, the Sunbelt states mm-hmm. and just kind of go sideways. All across Texas is my favorite. I have more notes there than anywhere. and uh, But Arkansas is right behind it. And I'm really excited to see what's going on out in Alabama and, and uh, Georgia and Tennessee I would love to make it to the North Carolinas, North and South Carolina, but I think that's actually going to be in September because I have a speaking engagement out in Richmond, Virginia, 
and I'm going to rent a car and drive down to see. I have four clients this year that have moved to the Carolinas from Tucson. Wow. So, um, and I just met with one this week, and that'll be number five. So anyway, that is um, about Busy all schedule. To, it, it is, and I'm excited to, to kind of get back there and, and get a better perspective on is, is what's happening in the United States the same as what's happening in Tucson right now because there's definitely a, a market slowdown. Just in the past month, we went from 1,168 houses to 1,428 houses. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's a pretty good jump. And uh, percentage-wise, that is like a 30% jump, and that hasn't happened in a long, long time. So good news on the horizon. Inventory's coming up. But before I sign off today, I want to just throw a shout-out. You've heard me since January talking about Prestige Fitness. And Camille and I joined in first of the year, went down there, we have combined now lost over 60 pounds. And the biggest thing is I have had chiropractic issues going back into the 90s. For the first time, I mean, I have not been to a chiropractor this year. I don't hurt and I, my joints are not going out. My hip used to go out all the time. My knees hurt whenever I walked. I, you know, the weight obviously helps some of that, but just strengthening the muscles around your joints, I cannot say enough for how this has improved my health. We're getting ready to go out to see all these places, these other markets. I can actually go do things while I'm there. So I just can't say enough good things. Prestige Fitness, give Tara Ashbaugh a call at 520-465-3324. She'll set you up with a free workout and a evaluation. You really gotta check this out. It's different than any other gym that I've ever been to. I can't say enough good things about it. Prestige Fitness, 520-465-3324. I was actually referred there by a client and I'm just paying it forward to let you know you don't have to hurt when you age. I believe we've discovered the fountain of youth. Have a great Sunday. Thanks for listening. This is Tucson Home Solutions on KNST.